Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular religious hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. Hey everybody, welcome back to my podcast. Today we have a special guest. This is Daniel. You guys might uh, remember him from a previous episode back in August of last year. He's from the Jewish Catholic Instagram and YouTube. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, even though this is only the second time. (laughs) I know. We have to get you on here more often. We have so much great content to talk about. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Indeed. So today our topic surrounds Fatima and the consecration of uh, Pope Francis did. When we're recording this, it is the day after consecration day, but when you guys are listening to this, this might be released in April, so it might be a little more ways off and we've been able to process it a little bit longer. Um, but I would, uh, did you watch the, fa- the did you watch the, um, the consecration? The consecration. Yeah, I got to watch basically the highlights. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But as I was watching it, of course, it was also in a later recording because of the fact that I live in Japan, right? So that means that uh, it was happening around four in the morning or three in the morning for me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I kind of missed the live. But did you get to watch it live? I was actually really sick. So I couldn't. I was asleep. Mm. Um, but I heard that it was really good. The consecration, um, I believe it was said in St. P- Peter's Basilica. Um, yes. yes. And then it was on the Feast of the Annunciation, which was also a huge deal. And Perfect. it happened around noon for me. Um, mm. So I don't know. I would love to get your initial thoughts on it. What did you yeah. think? Well, first of all, just this is just talking about the actual consecration itself. Um, when I started watching it, of course, you know, there's a lot of things that go into your mind in regards to what people say about Pope Francis, about what he's done and what he hasn't done. But then when it came to this moment, I think it's a moment that everybody should bind together and realize like, this is a huge moment, let's watch. So when I was watching it, even though it was afterwards, it was kind of like I wanted a no spoilers thing. So I didn't want to see what people were saying on Instagram. And on YouTube, I just wanted to watch it first. And then from there, I would judge. But watching it, I thought it was amazing. I mean, all of the bishops, including the Pope himself, went to the confessionals first to 
do the, um, you know, the act of penance and reconciliation. And after that, he got into the booth himself and then he was taking confessions. And after all of the preparations, he goes and he has a beautiful statue of Our Lady of Fatima. And I thought it was just beautiful to see that uh, there. Sorry. Oh, I love that too, because no, you're totally fine. We have babies in the background. It's okay. Yes, sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I know because when I was first watching it, my initial thought was because there was so much anxiety leading up to the moment from so many different people on Twitter. Obviously, Twitter is not the best Catholic space to be on. We all know this, but it was just so much anxiety wrapped around it. Like, oh, is he going to let us down again? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? And I was really hopeful, of course, you know, because I wasn't going to automatically just be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be terrible and he's going to mess everything up. Like there were a lot of people that were like that though. And when I finally watched it, I was just like, yes, finally, you know, this is happening. And the fact that they went to reconciliation first just is such a humbling thing to experience from the Pope and the bishops. And so that was really cool to see. And then on top of that, the whole consecration itself, um, you know, after such a confusing year and being let down from church leaders, I really felt like this, like you said, united us all, you know, Um, I felt like almost like this is a new beginning of good things are going to happen from here. And um, it's, it's, I was very impressed. And um, because he, it was a very long, beautiful consecration prayer. And he mentioned Russia by name. Um, something that a lot of other past popes have failed to do. Yeah, um, you that's know, something very interesting to talk about as well. Like, yeah. Uh, do you have any opinions on that? Why no other popes were able to mention Russia? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to make a comparison and, and I hope that it wasn't misplaced when I said it because I actually later posted it. Uh, actually, you know, this is be- before the whole consecration. This is way when people were just seeing the announcement that Pope Francis was going to do this. And some people are saying, oh, I hope he doesn't mess it up. And then some things were put forth like, oh, he's going to consecrate humanity. He's not going to say Ukraine, or is he going to say Ukraine? Is that messing it up? Mm. Um, So with all of that confusion that was going on, I'm like, it's almost like if you go to the book of Exodus, when Pharaoh, you know, Moses goes to him, because God tells him to go. And then Pharaoh's like, okay, we'll, we'll let you go. And then he just turns around immediately. Just kidding. I'm not going to let you go. And he keeps doing that all the way till the 10th plague. Mm-hmm. When he finally says, okay, get out of here. Because of the firstborn that died. They all leave Egypt. But then when they're already out, then Pharaoh again changes his mind. Go chases the Israelites. And then, of course, you know what happens in the when the sea splits and it swallows them all. So when, when I was thinking about the situation, it felt similar in that all these popes, I'm sure they had the intention to do it right to do the consecration, but for some reason, something held them back. And I'd like to think that this is actually just all by divine will. I feel that, you know, a lot of people might want to put the blame on the popes, but I really think that, it was God holding it back for the right moment because before it, we didn't have the global situation that we have now, where it's a world that's much more connected. News is traveling faster. The world keeps getting much, much more immoral than it would have been like back in the 
60s, even though it was a pretty bad time, now it's so much more worse. So I think perhaps we were just, God was just holding it, holding it until it was just that time for it to happen. Right. No, that makes sense. No, I could understand that because, I mean, Pope Francis, I mean, I see this almost as like a redeeming light for him because mm. with all the confusion and things, and here's the thing, most of the stuff that I've heard, it comes from the media and we know that the media is not on our side as Catholics. Exactly. And we also know that Pope Francis does not speak fluent English. Therefore, a lot of things he said can be lost in translation or mistranslated. True. Um, so due to these things, I always give him the benefit of the doubt. And we as lay people have a duty to pray for our leaders. If we are not praying for our leaders, we're doing a disservice for our faith. Okay. Um, and so because of that, I totally agree on the aspect of, you know, there's a time and a place for it. And Pope John Paul II, he consecrated the world, you know, and that was a big mm -hmm. deal. I, I don't remember when that happened, but I remember watching rewatches of it when I was a teenager. Um, but the thing is, is like, again, there was no real reason to do that, like that we needed to consecrate Russia until now specifically um, with all of this going on with Ukraine and things like that. Um, so I guess Our Lady of Fatima, uh, I would, I would argue is probably one of the most well-known apparitions of today. I don't know yep. if you would agree with that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you said that you had a comparison between Our Lady of Fatima and Akita, and they might be yeah. actually linked together somehow. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So the reason, first of all, why I even know about Akita is because I live in Japan, right? And Akita is in the Southern part of Japan. Um, and what's crazy about both apparitions and both of these situations is that their message is always the same. Of course, there's always a, a tying thread throughout all of the apparitions, right? Devotion to God, prayer for, for the souls and things like that. But none that are so graphic as this, where it talks about specifically in Akita, where it talks about bishops going against bishops and bishops going against the Pope and the laity going against the bishops. And the, it's just this internal chaos that happens in the church. And of course, I don't want to think that that's happening now, but the reality is that we are seeing a lot of bishops that say one thing and priests that say one thing. And then the church teaches another. So it feels like they are trying to have their own way within the church. And I don't want to have to name names, but I think we can both and anybody who's listening can think of specific priests that push messages that tie more with the agenda of what we see in the world mm -hmm. being pushed out everywhere versus what the church teaches very solidly and clearly. So it causes confusion. And Akita says this. And then Fatima also says about the fact that we are going to be losing bishops that's part of the third secret if i'm not mistaken uh where it talks about the pope that's going to be basically murdered yeah. and bishops as well so all of this conflict is all tied together where it's not just arguing against each other but rather death it goes all the way to death and um i think both of these are important not just because of the warnings that they give but because of the devotions that they inspire us to dive into and the responsibility that is given to the laity as well as the bishops and the Pope, of course, but the laity are given huge responsibilities as well 
in both these apparitions. And we can dig into that if you'd like. Yeah, of course. I think it's important to um, note here because especially with, um, I love that because that's so, I did a whole Marian apparition series on Akita and I never even knew it was potentially linked to Our Lady of Fatima, but it totally makes yeah. sense, you know, yeah. comparing the two. Um, would you give a brief summary on what the Marian apparition of Akita is for those who might not have heard about it? Sure. So basically uh, the apparitions were in Akita, Japan to uh, Sister Agnes and um, she's Japanese as well. And there, basically, what started happening is that Sister Agnes started having a lot of intense moments of prayer uh, to the point where she would just break down in tears. And then there is a statue there. It's a wooden statue of Our Lady, um, which is, this is the one that's known as Our Lady of Akita. And miracles started happening to support the visions that she was having and the apparitions that she was claiming to see and at first a lot of people were doubting it but then they saw that the statue was uh crying oil and this happened several times and they tested it several times and i think one of them was also just salty tears uh that they checked it they took it to a lab and verified it but that's just the external evidence for the eyes that see and don't believe uh, but for the actual apparitions, all the warnings that were given, again, very similar to Akita, is just asking uh, for the prayer for the bishops. That was really the, the most important part of it, but also requesting a lot of prayer for the souls in purgatory and asking for people to do penance. And it was the, almost the same thing, again, as Fatima, penance, penance, penance. You know, you hear that all the time when it comes to the apparitions. And it's almost the same exact same thing happening, you know, thousands of miles away. You know, we're talking about between Fatima, Portugal, all the way to Akita, Japan. So they're both very linked in that sense. The apparitions were similar, except when we look at Fatima, we're talking about three young shepherding children of the ages of, uh, what is it, like six, seven, and nine? Yeah, they were and, pretty young. Yeah, very young. And then if we go over to... Uh, Sister Agnes, she's well in her years. So it's interesting to know both things. For one, in Fatima, you I guess you needed a larger miracle to prove it because it's children, right? And a lot of mm -hmm. people might be doubtful. Maybe these children are making it up. In Akita, however, it was only one person. It was this woman. And of course, she was told to be uh, in communication with her superior and with the bishop. And that did happen. And then, of course, that bishop, I don't remember the actual bishop, but he ended up approving the apparitions. And later on, more uh, priests and bishops were involved. And now it's, you know, something that is accepted by the church. Right. Do we know if they happened around the same time period? Because I know Fatima happened in 1917, like the official apparitions of Our Lady. I think this one happened actually much later. Okay. So uh, I'll have to check the date on that. Okay, because I know like, especially like there's certain times that Our Lady will appear for certain reasons. And yes. so I guess that kind of gets into a little bit of Our Lady of Fatima too. Um, for those who aren't, I guess, familiar with Our Lady of Fatima, she appeared to three little shepherd children in Portugal, Fatima, you know, um, on in 1917. So this was, I believe, right before World War One, um, yeah. or maybe during. Yeah, it and was during. It was during, okay. And she appeared to Lucia, uh, Jacinta, and Francisco. 
And Our Lady made many predictions like World War II and the spreading of atheism and many other things. And she showed the children a vision of hell. She told the children to pray the rosary daily for an end to war at that time, World War I, um, to pray the Fatima prayer and then to participate in the first five Saturday devotions, which we can get to later. Do you do the first five Saturday devotions? I cannot yet, being that I'm still a catechumen, to be baptized, not baptized, actually, to be confirmed officially this Easter, so. Exciting! Yay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, welcome home. Gotta yeah, send yeah. A little Easter gift or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> thanks, just like some thanks. fan mail. <laughs> Japan, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it is, and the shipping is terrible. But yeah, I'm very excited. It's almost there. So because of that, that's the only thing that I haven't been able to partake in, but I try to do my daily rosary, you know, on a daily basis or do it more than uh, once a day. Which is honestly a lot more than some people can do too, you know? So that's like an amazing thing. I know for me, I did the first five first Saturdays once and I've been meaning to do them again. Um, and I just have to make it a priority, you know? And I think that really comes down to a lot of this is like, we really need to make these things priorities Right. But um, I did want to mention, I mean, with the consecration, quote unquote, consecration of Russia happening twice, you know, back mm -hmm. in the 1940s and then Pope John Paul II, do you think it was actually accepted by heaven, like Sister Lucia said, or was this whole thing not? Because I don't think there's, after doing some of my own research, I've never seen any sufficient evidence stating that she actually said that. And right. other people say that she was replaced altogether by somebody else. In, this is, again, personal opinion, but looking at the evidence that I see, there's two things that can be said about this. One, was it accepted? It depends what you mean. Was it, uh, were the prayers and the consecrations accepted it by heaven as in, okay, this is a good thing? Yes, perhaps. Was it accepted as meeting Our Lady's requirements and being that quote-unquote consecration with a capital C that she was asking for that I don't think it was because of one of the things that we were promised that would happen as a result of it um, at least in the following years would be the time of peace mm -hmm. right and we really have not seen any time of peace as a matter of fact it's gotten much worse uh, with war wars around the world so my personal opinion there's not enough evidence that she even said those things and if she did uh, I'm pretty sure that what she would have meant, again, personal opinion, is, okay, it was a good thing. You know, of course, it's great to consecrate the world with a capital, I mean, with a, you know, lowercase you know, c. But... Yeah, but now we're talking about do, doing it, at least from what I saw now, Pope Francis do, you know, he mentions specifically, and he mentions that word, which is going into like the species, right? That's where specific comes from. He's going specifically to Russia and Ukraine. So it's, it's not just the world in general. Yes, he did mention humanity. Yes, he mentioned Ukraine, but he said specifically Russia. Um, and I think that's a big deal. The other thing that he did was to invite all of the bishops of the world to join him. I thought that was amazing that if i'm correct that. that's something our lady of fatima actually wanted him to do too he said like yes right there was a, one of the requirements yeah it was one of the requirements so he fulfilled every single requirement that she did and i know some people will still be up in a tizzy about well he added ukraine and he added humanity 
But I think you're missing the point of the fact that you're just nitpicking at this point, you know? Yep. The fact that he mentioned Russia, he got the bishops together. They all went to reconciliation. They did it properly. It was mm-hmm. reverent. It was beautiful. Yes. Is amazing. Like, Absolutely. I never would have, unfortunately, thought in a million years that something like this would happen in my lifetime. And here we yeah, are, here. Mm-hmm. literally witnessing it. So that's, that's completely, that. I don't know, it still blows my mind. So I guess we should kind of like touch on the first five Saturday devotions really fast. Do you know what they yeah. are? Um, so to do it, if I'm not mistaken, right, I, I don't remember when the first Saturday is, um, it's any first Saturday, right. So in any first Saturday, you gotta do confession Mm -hmm. and you have to, of course, partake of the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And when you do so, you're offering it up for that specific reason, right? Yes. So you're offering it up for, so there's five blasphemies against our lady, um, that are very common in the world. And so we it, we offer up the Eucharist and also reconciliation for the intentions of reparations for the offenses against Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. And then, you know, we do the 15 minutes of meditating on the mysteries of the rosary. That's right. So yeah, you go to confession, uh, you receive the Eucharist for the intentions of um, reparations for, you know, the offenses against Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. And then you do, you meditate for 15 minutes on every single mystery of the rosary Mm. so that's the sorrowful mysteries the glorious mysteries the luminous and the joyful um and yeah i mean and that's the thing i don't feel like churches really talk enough about the five first saturday devotions i have never heard a novus ordo parish and that's not to diss on novus ordo i go to a novus ordo it's very reverent (laughs) but the only parish i've ever heard talk about the first five saturday devotions is my tlm parish I've never heard uh, any other parish discuss it. I well, not just that. To be honest with you, the parishes that I visited, of course, I've only gone to Catholic churches here in Japan because before that, you know, I wasn't I was an anti-Catholic before here. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never heard anyone even mention the rosary, which is, you know, how do you even do this first Saturday devotions if you don't even know what the rosary is? Or talk about the, the apparitions. Like you don't hear these things in a lot of places. And of course, maybe there's some older folk, you know, like the older ladies that you see with the rosary. But that's why I purposely, when I go to mass, I want to be there praying the rosary before mass begins so that people see, oh, what is that? I don't mm-hmm. even know what that is. And even though they've been there for years, perhaps they'll be inspired to want to pray the rosary. And that's how we evangelize. And it's quiet sometimes, you know, a simple saying grace and making the sign of the cross before your food in a restaurant can evangelize somebody. I think I heard a story about that on Relevant Radio where somebody just simply made the sign of the cross and a guy who had been away from the faith came up to her and was just like, oh, I haven't seen the sign of the cross in years. And he started going back to the church because of it. Amazing. Yeah. So honestly, guys, don't be afraid. If you're afraid to like go up to people and actually evangelize in their face, just do it, you know, silently. It's not as hard as some people think it is really. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's the main thing though, is that I see a lot of times on social media because there's this big, I don't know if I want to call it like a demon of pride that surrounds social media, but Mm. a lot of people get sucked into pride while on social media due to the fact that they can hide behind the screen, say whatever they want to say, be whoever they want to be. (laughs) And nobody else knows, you know, the difference. They really don't. And you see that on Twitter, you see it on Instagram. And I see so, 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 so many Catholics who point the fingers 
at each other, but they never look in the mirror. And that's one of the hard things. And actually, I'm glad that you're bringing this up specifically in regards to the consecration. Like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people want to nitpick to the things, you know, whether he should have said humanity, whether he should have said this or that or whatever. The point is that it met the criterion, which is the consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady, right? That the bishops of the world are united in this and that Russia is mentioned specifically. So it met those things. But of course, like you said, so many people want to nitpick, blah, 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 this, this, and that. And so many people I saw on Instagram getting on the bandwagon and on YouTube of just wanting to nitpick. But then I asked the question, okay, have you been doing the mm -hmm. first Saturday devotions? Are you praying the rosary on a daily basis? Like our lady asked. And of course, everybody shuts up because <laughs> they know that they're also to blame, right? Mm -hmm. We are the, we are also responsible for what is happening around the world. It's not just the Pope's that have gone throughout history not just the bishops not just the priests it's us as well we are one body and people need to remember that oh i completely agree very well put by the way and that's i think the biggest thing is this crowd mentality of you just hop on the bandwagon of what other people are doing you know nobody really stops to think or to, to look at themselves in the mirror and i think that's the most common issue we have today is we're we're likely to point the finger at somebody else and look at somebody else's fault, but we won't mm. remove the log from our eye, own, like our own eye first. Yeah. And that's quoted from the Bible. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Coming straight at you from the B word. So <laughs> I probably shouldn't call it that, but anyways, <laughs> capital B word. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that's one of the main things though, is that people aren't, you know, doing their part and they're, they like to point the finger at our leadership, but then they won't pray for our leaderships, right? you know? And that's the main thing is like, you know, Catholics, we have a duty to be praying for our leaders. And, yeah. and that doesn't just mean leaders in the Catholic church. That also means, that also means Biden and Putin and all these yeah. other people who are leaders in different parts of the country, our country, whatever, that they might have a change of heart or a conversion of some kind. Um, because prayer is very powerful and I think a lot of people forget about it. I mean, maybe not oh, yeah. forget about it, but lose hope. And then they stop praying because they don't see the progress they want to see. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. So I guess just to take away from all of this, do you have any final notes? Hmm. Well, I guess in regards to this, I think it's very important for people to be number one, aware of these things again you've been to parishes and I've been to parishes where they just don't talk about these things. So I think doing things like what you're doing now. So I, I thank you, Amber, because you're going out there, making it public about these things, the apparitions and what's happening in our world, because this is so important. Like this has to do with wars that involve the lives of millions of people, right? So there's that, but there's also the personal aspect about just getting closer to our God you know, how, how we say it to Jesus through Mary, all of these things impact our lives. So I guess my, my note would be, let's raise awareness by being public about these things and also being responsible ourselves for our part, praying for our leaders, like you said, praying that rosary, taking part, uh, partaking of all the different um, consecrations that you could do, you know, personal consecrations to, to Our Lady. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that we should definitely partake in. 
I completely agree. And I love the consecration, uh, 33 days to morning glory. That's an amazing mm-hmm. consecration that you can do to Jesus through Mary. Um, and then of course, do you pray, uh, pray your daily rosary, start doing the first Friday or sorry, first Saturday devotions. You can of course start doing the first Friday devotions too. Like those are really important. Too. Yeah, I did yeah, videos yeah. on all of those <laughs> on my YouTube channel. So <laughs> they're both very important. You might as well knock Absolutely. out two of them at once. <laughs> Why not? Right. But um, with all of that being said, thank you so much, Daniel, for hopping on yeah. here. Again, you guys can find him at the Jewish Catholic on YouTube and on Instagram. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. And with all of that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcasting episode and I will talk to you guys in the next one. Bye. questions or comments about today's episode, email me at thereligioushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash thereligioushippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content.